0: Do you agree that you know it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> It's another day with Wake Up With KC, and let me ask you something. You know, I had to learn to become my truest fan. But how do you become your truest fan? And today, I have a very special guest that I've been waiting patiently to have on my show, and he explains it through his own life experiences and how to become your truest fan. So please welcome Rob Brown. Rob, thank you for joining. I love the compass in the background, by the way.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> the secret behind that compass is my house was staged a little while ago uh, to be sold, and we didn't sell it, but I kept the compass from the staging. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Very good.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so I, I, guess a, I, guess, I guess that's I guess that's that means that it was well staged. If you decide to keep something that they um,
0: they put in place. So, Rob. You're an author and a coach, and you wrote the book, Truest Fan, Live Love, and Lead with Purpose and Impact. How was that inspired through your own life journey?
1: It was really inspired by many different parts of uh, my life journey. When you read the book, you're actually introduced to seven different characters who each teach a lesson to um, kind of the, the main character in the story, Brownie, uh, which many people think is me, and in some ways it is, but um, um, there's a lot of, um, of uh, it's, it's a fable, so there's a lot of um, truth and a lot of fiction in it um, as well. But those seven people in my life taught me the seven lessons that come together to be the truest fan journey, and really, um, the and, and, and it's how the whole concept, you know, came into play. I just watched how these people lived, how they inspired me, how that helped me inspire and work with other people. So I just wanted to to capture what I learned from them um, because the the lessons are are timeless and ones that should be um, thought about and learned over and over again.
0: Well, would you agree? that, you know, a lot of us are taught to believe certain things that are from other people's beliefs and, you know, what they learned and they just passed it on down. Uh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. You know, again, every, every character in here taught me something and that's why, um, they're, that's why they're attached to that, um, specific lesson. And in fact, Um, One of the biggest reasons I wrote the book was I wanted to pass these lessons on to my daughters. I have triplet daughters who I want them to, um, and they're adults, but I want them to always remember these lessons that are so important to me and live them in their lives, which I believe they do, but also to be able to share them with others through their work, um, through eventually raising their own children so um, so i just i just i really like the idea of of people taking what they learn sharing it with others helping um, us be more real more authentic um, get past those things that might be holding us back and I, I think that's one of the best ways to do it
0: well how would you know if you know you're you're brought up in this environment you listen to your parents and i know there's a you know, a statement in a book, you know, honor and obey your parents, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, certain aspects of being in the religion, also environment. How would you know any different of thinking different uh, based on what you're told, especially as a young child?
1: Right. Well, I mean, there's lots and lots of of, um, stuff that can get In our ways, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And I think that's where we all need to be um, introspective. And it's and and actually the first lesson of truest fan is you need to be a truest fan of yourself. Um, To be a truest fan, you need to believe in yourself. Believe that you are accomplished, uh, uh, capable of accomplishing great things. Whether those great things are are big things that everybody in the world sees, or there may be smaller things like. Raising three children and being really proud of them and what they do, and you know that was a byproduct of of what you put into place. But I, I think in the end, you have to make a choice to believe in yourself, and in doing that, you've got to sort through stuff that can get in the way because there's all sorts of things that we've learned. You know, you you use the term religion. Um, I am a Christian. Um, you know, um, I am a Jesus follower, and I have absolutely no hesitation in saying that. But in practicing my faith um, and watching, you know, how religion is practiced, um, you know, um, corporately, or in, sometimes, you know, in churches, can can get in the way of that. Um, but what I like to think about is, you know, I, when I talk to somebody that says, you know, Rob, I've stopped going to church. Because I don't like what somebody did in church, you know, when I was a kid or when I wanted to get married or whatever the situation might be. Um, And then they've allowed that to disconnect them from their relationship with God. I'm like, why would you let some thing, some person, some incident disconnect you with? the thing that is most important in our lives, which is that relationship um, that we have with God. So I I just think you've got to, you've got to sort through that. And that's part of believing in yourself and sorting through the truths that you run into and sorting through um, the, the non-truths, the lies that, that may not even be intentional, but they, but they happen.
0: Well, I mean, coming from my perspective, I don't need to go to church to have a relationship with God. I have God when I go outside in nature when I'm out on the beach, when I'm just cruising down the intercoastal of South Florida and I'm looking at all the beauty that to me is connecting with God that I know and, and right. establish a relationship with.
1: Right. And I and I totally agree that those are all great examples, but, but just being here today is a blessing from God. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it, it doesn't, you don't, Need church to love God, um, although church can help. Religion can help if it's practiced properly. Um, but but that's not always um, everybody's life circumstance when it comes to that. But I just I just I think uh, when you ask the question about how do you you know cut through that stuff, I, I've got to go back to what's at my core, and and that is my relationship with God and the thing that He taught me. That um, is really one of the greatest inspirations for the book, which is this whole idea that we need to love each other the way we love him and love ourselves. And and if we can spread that love by being true as fans of ourselves, of others, in the things that we do, the causes that we care about, the people that we run into, that we know or that we don't know, and they see that love coming out of us, um, that's God. Because, you know, one simple definition for God is God is
0: love. Well, yes. And. To me, God is unconditional love. And, but we're taught conditional, limited love. You know, and in and, and history, looking at history, I could see, you know, like, wow, you know, the God that I know just loves. There's no, you. there's no color, there's no race, there's no gender, there's just pure essence of love. So how do you know, you know, that love, that pure bliss love, that unconditional love, if you're taught the opposite of it? So how would you know what truly love is based on the, probably the limited beliefs of what you've seen growing up to know the difference?
1: Right. Well, you know, I I t- you know, before we got on the air, I I talked about my upbringing in an Irish Catholic neighborhood in Cleveland. Um, and um there's no doubt that my father um had some chauvinist opinions of the way that he um interacted with with my mother. They loved each other. They until she died of cancer, they were they were they they, they were each other's one and only, but there was a a nature to that relationship, which um, I I don't have with my wife. We just celebrated our thirty sixth anniversary because I was able to see that there were some things that that he was doing, or that, or, and she was allowing him to do that kind of held them back from having this truly open, loving relationship. In my view, and and they loved each other, so I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to um, rewrite history or, or their history but um, but but I think you you see things like that happen that, that's you know obviously very close to me it was my 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 family um, but I did I didn't I didn't like parts of that and I was able to do um, to, to and if you want to call those limiting beliefs that I could have had, I just decided not to have them and, and my wife and I have decided, that the way that we love each other and live with each other is is different than the way that my mom was with her dad, and I'm sure my wife would say that it was different than her mom and her dad, although they had a whole different sort of relationship. But but I think I think you just have to be able to get uh, see those things. It ask yourself, you know, is this you know is this something that I really believe? Is this something that I really want to carry forward, or do I want to? Uh, Stop and think about um, how do I adjust that in relationship to the things that are most important? Um, And I think um, that's that's what I try to do.
0: And so would you agree, Rob, that it's just discerning what is right for you and what isn't right for you just because, you know, you see something different in your parents and apparently it was the way they were brought up to oh, their parents oh, yeah. so it's like a past cycle pattern that's just keeps passing yeah. down and it's been passed down for centuries um and there's historical writings about how women were treated you know i could go back like ninety five thousand years you know back into the amburambi code of law there's 282 laws mm-hmm. and how they described how women were treated is just oh my god i'm Like, I wonder if I ever was in that kind of past life back then, you know? Right. But it, and then I see how things are today. Even in some other countries, it's this, it's always the same. Women have to stay covered. Women, you know, they don't have a voice. Like, we didn't have a voice until, what, the late 1960s? You know, women had the right to vote. And then that's when things started to shift and change. Right. It's To me, it's like recognizing certain things of history, even in past relationships, your parents' relationship, your grandparents, understand the timeline, the era, what was going on, the events that were taking place, and then say, hey, I see a pattern. I see a cycle. I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me. And it's trusting something inwardly that's actually speaking to you that, no, this is not. Healthy or it's not good for you. Would you agree?
1: Yes, um, but I say that with a little hesitation, only because I, I think that we all have that choice, and uh, we can make that choice right now, right here. We don't necessarily have to um, completely go back. Cause my history only goes back. You, you go back 95,000 years. I don't even go back 90,000 years. So I, I don't, I don't have as much historical knowledge as you do, but, but, but but sometimes I think we can get too caught up in, um, going back and looking at the past. We, we do need to learn from the past. And that's why I read the Bible. You know, it's, it's a great way to learn from the past, but, um, in conjunction with that, I, I'm, an, I'm an optimist, and I have to say, things are better. Things are a lot better. You know, one of, you know, one of the um, again, it's on a very personal level. Um, my father and mother, neither one of them graduated from college, uh, but both of them made sure that my brother and sister and I graduated from college. That was uh, something that they were limited by in their life because, and, and, and none of their ancestors went to college either. They made sure we went to college. And then as I was raising my daughters and saying, you know, that's a great thing that my parents helped me do. Um, I not only made sure that my daughters were on a path to go to college if they chose to do that, I paid for them to go to college, you know? Um, so it was just another step further and, and not, not, and it's not a, it's not a bragging thing. It's just, I I think we all want each succeeding generation to be Better off than um, our parents were. Better off than we are, because I think that's that's our that's our goal. It's part of being a truest fan is to make the future brighter by really sharing love and experiences and opening people's eyes up to the possibilities that they hold inside of them, th- inside of themselves, or we hold inside of ourselves if we believe in ourselves.
0: Right, and would you agree that you know sometimes the Ego plays a big part in in being able and it's a barrier that keeps us back or held in prisoner in our own mindset and and our environment because it's so it becomes so familiar that you just don't understand or even think the possibility and that has to we have to change our thoughts.
1: Yes, I mean, e- I mean, ego can can definitely get in your way, but a healthy ego is a good ego, right? So, um, if we don't allow our egos to to kind of build up barriers where we stop listening and stop paying attention to what's going on inside of us or what's going on around us, then I think we can we can move forward. But if we allow our egos to say, "Hey, you know, I've got this figured out," you know. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm 60 years old. I've got this figured out today and the next 30 years are going to be a, a piece of cake as I finally cracked the code. Um, we're probably making a, making a mistake because um, things change and we've got to be able to deal with those and bounce those up against those things that we believe the most um, about ourselves and we believe the most about the right way to live and care and love other people.
0: So let me ask you about Eliminating your distractions and unleashing the unmistakable energy of putting your most important priorities first. How would you explain that to someone?
1: Right. So um, that's and I'm I'm glad you asked that question because that's one of the main principles in the Truest Fan uh, book. And what I see in my work is a is both a, a, a personal and professional coach is that um, we allow ourselves to make other people's priorities our priorities. Um, And a a perfect example of that is just look in your email inbox and the number of times that 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 uh, an email comes in through the Ethernet and all of a sudden you're responding to that person right then and right there, even if it isn't important, even if it's stopping you from doing the, the most important things that you're working on that day. And that's just, that's a simple example because that's just, you know, uh, it's, it's part of a, of a daily routine I call success habits is, is not allowing those kinds of distractions, but it, but it also happens at, at bigger levels, you know, is I set goals with my clients um, for what they want to accomplish over, over 12 weeks. I try to go and 12-week periods of time, 12-week sprints um, to really get the most important stuff done. They are invariably hit with other opportunities, you know, other bright, shiny objects. They say, well, hey, you know, maybe I should do that. Um, And I always ask them, you know, what is most important to you right now? What did you say you wanted to accomplish over the next 12 weeks? And will that new thing um, help you get that done? And if so, then we should look at it. Um, will it take you off your path? Then don't do it. Um, just think about it for your next 12-week sprint. So I just think we have to have, um, you know, we, ha- we do have to put um, some blinders on and focus on those things that we believe are most important and then bounce everything else up against them, whether it's our daily to-do lists and email lists or it's goals that we have for the next 12 weeks or the next 12 months or f- for our lives.
0: Well, I, have learned from, uh, Dean Quasiozzi, you know, you got a 12 month plan, a one year plan, and then you break it down, you know, and three, six, nine, twelve, 12, then 30 days, then weekly, then daily. And mm-hmm. it, it does take a lot of work to sort through that but being organized the way I am, I have to have that kind of plan <laughs> so sure
1: no I appreciate it, that
0: it sort of helps like okay in one year from now I want to accomplish this well let's break it down you know three six nine twelve and then 30 days and how it all connects to accomplish the goal you set out that you want you know for the end of the year in one year right and it and- makes it, to where you're not overwhelmed by you break it down in like increments to where, oh, well, I can I could do this now. It seems more doable, more realistic. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. And that's exactly what I mean by important work. I mean, there there are ways similar to what you talked about, but there are other ways, too, where you can get to a point of understanding you know what's most important. What do I need to be doing today to be able to accomplish um, what's most important? Whether it's in my business or what I want to do with my family or things that I want to do with the causes that I care about, and just break that down. That's your your important work, and um, you you have to then be able to 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 have the discipline to say, you know, this new thing, this new idea, it might be a great idea. It might be something that I do at some point in time in the future, but until It makes sense uh, for me as it relates to the thing that is most important. I'm not going to do it.
0: Right. And, you know, just because it, you know, because opportunities come, you know, it's I've learned, you know, even through my own life experiences, when opportunities come, when you have this idea, you write it down. Okay, great idea. And then this opportunity comes Uh, Do you think that sometimes when these opportunities we want to take action right away because a belief is, hey, you got to take some risk in life. Do it now. When the opportunity comes, don't hesitate. Me now, I've learned. Pause. Write that opportunity down and wait and see. Because in. I listen to my gut, I feel more than anything of, is this the next best step for me? Should I pursue this now or wait until like, you know, four or six weeks later? So, okay, I'm just going to make a note and put this in my planner that an opportunity, whatever it is, everything happens to me in divine timing. When it all easily comes together and flows together with such ease, I know I'm on the right path. And and it's a a dot that connects to something even bigger and better later.
1: Right. And I would imagine for you that part of the reason that that is true is that your plan that starts out, you know, out into the future and breaks down to today um, is also propelled by having some big dreams, big things that you want to accomplish. And so I think that's where, I I don't know what you call it, you know, cosmic energy comes from is because you've attached what you really want to accomplish with, um, uh, with, with the, the day-to-day activities, the month-to-month activities that you need to do, and, and that keeps you focused and allows you to put that thing off and not worry that you've missed an opportunity because most of those opportunities are just cleverly designed by some marketing expert to make you think that it's the most important thing that you need to do today, even though, um, even though it's not. Or, they may, or to think that this will never come along again when you know in reality um, it will
0: absolutely i I had to learn that (laughs) from my own personal experience now i'm like okay sounds good i'm gonna write it down and then i'll know you know sometimes we get signs sometimes you know it's just the little things by like you said earlier paying attention Mm -hmm. you know there is a like now it's you know i believe in in a good book you know, that I've read and, and it's stated in the Bible that you you know most Christians read. And you know, we we were here to be prosperous and abundance. And I question like, well I'm my family's not, you know, they don't have this abundance that I'm thinking from reading and whatnot so there's something wrong with this picture <laughs> because right. if this is what it says then why am i not seeing others like this
1: right you know, but
0: living you know the abundance and prosper and healthy and whatnot and you know i've been on a journey on the truth about that and i believe Honestly, now it's part of a program and some of the beliefs, but if you can just stop and, and vision, because most visionaries that have been very successful, you want to talk about the Wright brothers, Tesla, all of them, they held a vision. They saw a future or they saw a vision. And I go with like, you know, I have visions of my future self and I just hold on to that vision and I wrote it down. I'm like, okay, I see it. That's the end result. I see that in my future self, but what do I got to do? What do I have to change in my thoughts, how I feel and the actions I take until I'm living it? I'm well, bringing it into the present.
1: Right. Well, I i mean, my personal way of thinking about that is that we have to believe we're living that future now. We're just on a journey and it may not look exactly the way that we think that it looks. But I think having a mental picture of what your success looks like, of what those big dreams are and holding them close to yourself um, allows the disciplines that you then add by doing your planning to lead you to where that is. Um, And I also think it's really important um, that we don't take this um, prosperity and abundance thing being that we all need to be able to, you know, walk on coals and turn into billionaires and invent something because prosperity is different and abundance is different to different people. Um, And um, you know, this time that we have on Earth is only, you know, a, a, an infinitesimal part of this great life that we're living because of the, of of the gift that God has given us of life. That, um, you know, we, we why why get caught up in um, whether or not you, you know, made your ten million dollars or whatever it is. So I so I think so I think sometimes that idea of prosperity and abundance and the way that's pulled. You know, from the Bible. You know, those. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but you know, you, you watch the TV commercial of the televangelist, and the person comes on and say, "I, you know, I sent thirty dollars off to X Y Z um, preacher," and the next thing I know, three hundred dollars shows up in my mail from an unexpected tax return or something like that, and I'm like, "No, if 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 that's if that's what we're expecting from God, then." We are we are really whack. We really, then. yeah. We just we just need to trust that if we um, if we if we accept that if we if we really take the time to think about that picture of what the future will mean, uh, what, what should look like to us, what we like it to look like, and we do that in prayer. Um, in dis- you used the word discernment earlier, and discernment, having a conversation with God, um, and then we work at it good stuff happens. And sometimes you win the lottery. Other times you may still feel like, Hey, there's a part of me that's missing, but I'm happier in so many other ways. And that's my abundance. That's my, uh, my prosperity. You know, the abundance in my life has nothing to do with money. It has to do with my relationship with God, my relationship with my family, um, and, and the many blessings that I experience through the different things that I'm doing. Um, and, um, But but that's that's my prosperity. That's my abundance. It might be different for you or for somebody. else.
0: In other ways, that's that's your definition of what it means to you and what you prioritize in your life and value in your life. And it doesn't mean that. I mean, you know, who wants to be a millionaire? I think there's a reality game show right
1: right well, actually, let me, let me tell you a funny story that, that I that I thought about yesterday so I was talking with a client who we were we're in kind of the 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 dream big stage we're thinking about what those things are that he wants to accomplish in his life you know and and, and we throw all of us you know throw around things like I'd like to have a million dollars I'd like to give away a million dollars I'd like to buy a Porsche. Um, and I thought about that for a second, and I and I remembered a client of mine whose big dream. One of his big dreams was to, once he got to a certain level in his business, he was going to buy a Porsche. He bought the Porsche. He got to that level. Three weeks later, he turned the Porsche back in because he was too afraid to drive it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he, he was he was used to driving, you know, an SUV and getting in a you know a two seater that can go you know a zillion miles an hour. Um, just it wasn't what he thought it was. So um,
0: well, my question he, would have been, why didn't he go test drive one first to make sure that that's oh, what he, he wanted? He,
1: he test drove one. He put it in an order for it. He waited for it, um, and um, it just it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. And so that's why I think you know taking the time to carefully discern and think about what those big dreams are, what those big Um, goals are, um, you know, uh, and and then, and then, and really, and then, and then kind of breaking them down to see, is that really something that's important to me? Um, um, And, and, and maybe um, most of the time, hopefully it is, but sometimes, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's, you know, we put a a false goal in front of ourselves.
0: Well, wouldn't you also You know, is it fair to say that sometimes, yeah, you have, you make this dream, you make this plan and all that, but then you change your mind and then something else is, it feels more right for you and that's okay. Absolutely. And it just, it's a process of, to me, experiencing things in life, learning from, and then choosing something better. That fits right for you and then there's going to be something else that comes along and then you're going to experience and learn from and then expand and grow and I think that's why we're all here is to remember that that we're all one big family we're all connected and we're here to just experience life and to me, it's like make humanity better and our planet better. Honestly,
1: right. And and again, that's that's a you know and I I I, well, I was going to say I, I hate to keep going back to it, but I actually I like going back to it. That's why I wrote the book, because the way to me that we make the world a better place is that we um, that we become truest fans. And and the the again the concept behind truest fans is to love yourself, to love others. To share that love, to love God, and I think if we if we lead with that, if we hold that that truth um, is part of this process that we go through, and, and what we dream about or the plans that we make, um, they all work out. Um, they all work out better, and the world is a better place.
0: Rob, let me ask you: How you define? To live life with integrity and find joy in doing for others, how how do you define that? And I think you wrote it, it's part of in your book as well. You explain it. Can you explain it to the audience a little bit?
1: Yeah. No. I. You know. So the 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 book has um, seven distinct lessons for becoming a truest fan, and the seventh lesson is to live with integrity and to live intentionally. And um, and and that is living intentionally, implementing each of the other stages of the book, which start with believing in yourself, which includes loving others, which includes smiling. You know, just you know, one of the rules of a truest fan is smile often. Do it every day. Make other people smile because that's one little way that we can make the world a better place, even. Uh, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort. So so that's and you know what
0: I say about that smiling part, because I often go to people when they're not smiling, I'll go up to them and say, hey, smile. It makes people wonder what you're thinking of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i i um in fact in the in the book when i talk about smiling one of the things i say is you know think about people that you maybe haven't been in contact with in a while and send them a, a text message or an email and say hey just thinking about you today hope you're smiling you know those little things are are, are simple kind of trigger events that can lead to, to to bigger things that allow us to to live out this life of of loving um everybody all the time and and and, and, no, and no matter what um, circumstance.
0: Well, now they got this new thing emojis, and I have an avatar emoji that's giving a wink and a kiss. So I I often send those to people though, and I'm thinking about them. Like, hey, here you go.
1: Yeah. Enjoy no. Your day. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think taking the time to pick other people up, um, even then they may not be down. You know, they may they may be okay, but just just, just, you know, tapping them on the shoulder and said, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. I hope, I hope you're smiling. Um, that's, that's, that's so important.
0: So do you have any, like you do one-on-one coaching? Do you do group coaching? I mean, with this COVID and everything, have you been doing it virtually? I mean, what's been going on in your coaching practice?
1: So, um, I do both, um, individual coaching and group coaching, but, my coaching has been virtual um, for a long time. Um, I do go to see some of my clients um, for an annual uh, meeting with their teams um, or, or, or retreats, you know, one on one where they just want to get away from things. But most of it was always virtual. So, um, from that aspect, um, the pandemic really hasn't impacted um, my business. Um, but I, I, um, I do both types of coaching. Most of my clients are um, either financial professionals or entrepreneurs in some ways, and we really are focusing on helping them be the best versions of themselves both personally and professionally. And sometimes I'll start a relationship with somebody and they say, Rob, help me with my marketing. I got to get my sales up in my business. And the next thing you know, we're working on personal stuff. finding ways to to, to bring more of themselves personally. And other times, somebody will come to me, Rob, I need somebody to help me get centered, focused on on, on, on on being the best version of myself with my family. But we end up talking about their business, too, because the two end up…
0: Um, hand in hand, it's balance. Wouldn't you agree that we get so… It's honestly… I look around and it's like, oh my gosh, we be, everybody's becoming robots. They're doing the same thing habitually. People form habits, habits mm-hmm. form your future. And when you're, when you're doing so much in one or three areas and you're lacking, I think there's a wheel, you know, that, you know, professional, self-care, spiritual, professional, and there's a few other um recreative um recreational family you know things like that Mm -hmm. if you got like higher numbers and majority of the everything else becomes out of balance too so when you just said oh someone wanted me to help them with this sales and but wind up with a personal relationship it goes hand in hand it's like to me hearing that i'm like well if you're having problems with your sales and what's going on in your personal life because you have to have some kind of balance there's an out out, something's out of a line right well and balance it out
1: yeah sometimes i mean sometimes it's just your systems suck and you've just got to fix them it's nothing you're you're everything personally is just fine you just don't you just aren't doing it the right way or you've 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 change something that you shouldn't. A lot of times if they have were doing something well and they decided to change it for some crazy reason and now it's broken and I just have to help them get back to where, you know, back to where they were. But, but I, but, but balance is important. And that's why I, I was trying to emphasize, because, because my, my process that I go through with people is a nine step process that begins with dream big. That's, that's the number one step in the, Truest fan uh, leadership process, and um, when we talk about dreaming big, it's really easy for business owners, for financial advisors who are running their practices, to just talk about the numbers. You know, how much bigger can my business get? How much more profit can I put in my pocket? And um, it's sometimes it's hard to break away and say, but what do you want to dream big about outside of your work? Why is that thing that you said? Is important, you know. If you make a million dollars, great, but what is that really going to mean to you? What's that really going to allow you to do? You start breaking that down into um, um, talking about things, you know, like um, uh, improving the the relationship they have with their spouse or their family, or be able to do more in their community or with the causes they care about. Then the the dream becomes more real and the business part kind of attaches to the the personal part because they they are interrelated um, I, I i i struggle a little bit with the word balance because i think some too many people think that there's like this equal balance and i think i think the scales are constantly you know moving in in in, in that towards a balance but 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 you don't just get it to balance and and, and leave it there
0: Right. And then, you know, when you say what is important and whatnot, I remember because one of my mentors is Dean Quasiozzi and he goes seven depths into your why. And Mm -hmm. by the time you get to the fifth or sixth, you find the true why you want to do something. Right. And sometimes it's a lot out of here thinking what's important And it doesn't align with what's here. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, because answering that why question can be really hard. And oftentimes um, the first answer that somebody gives is a little bit superficial. It's not it's not really getting, as you said, to the heart of the matter. But then if you follow that first question up, you know, what's the uh, uh, the question I like to start with is what is the single most important thing you're trying to accomplish? And somebody answers that question, and you get you know their first answer, and then you say, "Huh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Why did you say that? I've not heard that before. You now dig a little bit deeper and you do that I, I don't know if it's seven times or three times, but um it's it's however many times it takes to get to the real why is then then you know that um, you're on the right path, and there's just a better chance of those big dreams that you have. And becoming a reality
0: yes and then you get to the heart of the matter and then it to me it's like part of a transformation it's like the spark that finally got lit that motivates you to get up to set those goals to get to that point of the true meaning of why you want to accomplish whatever that is, right? Cause I, I,
1: yes, absolutely. Because I, I run into people all of the time um, in my business who have who have achieved very, very high levels of success. And if you looked at them on the outside, you might say, "Hey, they're the prosperous, abundant ones." But but they have questions too. You know, did I deserve that? Um, you know, I'm making. You know, I've had so many clients say, "You know, I'm making more money today than I." ever thought was possible. Do I, do I deserve this? Why am I in this situation? Um, how, how do I, uh, am I supposed to make even more or am I supposed to do something different? And so even inside of, of success, sometimes you can find that, um, you're, you're missing something. You're not feeling, um, as strong about what you've accomplished because it wasn't, it wasn't really the thing that you're trying to do in your heart. You're just really good at it. Uh, maybe you had some good luck too. Um, but, um,
0: could it be also that, that feeling of not being fulfilled? Because I've heard a lot of successful, you know, multi, some multimillionaires that they, they do it just to accomplish something to prove that they can, but they're mm -hmm. not really fulfilled. Have you experienced clients such as that?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, And how do
0: you help them get to that? Like, okay, you, 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 you seem like you're not fulfilled. Why is that? You're very,
1: but you know, that's kind of one of those squishy questions that a lot of people, you know, have a hard time asking, but, but it's, it's, it's similar to what you were suggesting that, um, Dean Graziosi talks about getting seven layers deep in the why, you know, just, just keep asking questions, um, and then remembering to go back and ask that big question regularly, you know, um, at least once a year, stepping back and saying, you know, Hey, my, why last year, my big dreams were these things, you know, am I closer to some of those, um, are some of them things that, that really aren't, um, important anymore. And I have some, some new ones, but then, uh, but then everything that you do goes back to um, how is this leading me towards those things that are most important to me? Um, and um, and I think I think that's just um that's that's just part of it. Um, and i'm and i'm I'm fortunate I, I work with people who in general are very successful um but but they they find that they're just they're 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 missing something they're they're not, you know, finding. Uh, any sort of, of, of balance with what they're, what they're doing. And we just help help them get there. And sometimes the way they think they need to go to get there is the furthest thing from the truth.
0: Wow. So Rob, um, I believe I have it in the description, but can you share with our audience today of how to get access to Truist Fan Live, Love and Lead with Purpose and Impact? Where can they find that book?
1: Right. Um, The best place to go is to go to truestfan.com. And on that page, there's a button that will allow you to to purchase a copy of the book. And um, my advice is buy three copies, because this is the kind of book that can be life-changing. It can really help you get on the path to eliminating some of those uh, limiting beliefs towards being the best version of yourself. And when you do that, You want to keep one copy for yourself so you can look at it over and over again. And I get that comment from people who've read the book. They're like, they're so happy they have a copy because they refer back to it regularly. But then take a copy and give it to somebody that you care about, that you know needs to learn some or all of the lessons that you've learned. And then keep a copy in your car or your pocketbook or your uh, briefcase, whatever you carry around all the time, and give it to a stranger. Because that's how you can become, that's part of being a truest fan. It's not just about yourself. It's just not just about the people that you care about. It's the people that you run into that may need to pick me up. Um, you know, I've, I, I just recently I was traveling and there was um, a person at the front desk in the hotel that I was in that was really looking um, out of sorts. And um, so when I got a chance, I went back to my car, got a copy of the book and went back inside and gave a copy to her and said, I just want you to know that I noticed you might be having a bad day. Um, I wrote this book, Trues Fan. And I think if you read this, it'll make a difference in your life. And so, um, so that's, that's, you know, it's to some people that sounds like a cheesy sales message. How I sell more books is by encouraging people, not just to buy one, but to buy three. Um, but, um, it, but I, but, That is, to me, that is a strategy for being a truest fan is to is to take what you learn, apply it to yourself and share it with those you love and share it with people that you don't even know.
0: Well, that's also to me is like you're planting a seed. It's not about just the sales, but planting a seed to help others change their life, to get out of whatever you know, circumstances that they are because everybody is dealing with some kind of circumstance and, and a little spark of hope. That's why I started this podcast. And, you know, I realized going back when I was a younger kid, one of my biggest role models and mentors was Oprah Winfrey. And I used to watch her show back in the 80s. And, and I remember now saying, I want to do what she does. But do it, I didn't know what it was that I was going to be actually doing, but I wanted to do what she does, be a talk show host. I didn't know what kind of talk show I was going to have and it all like little by little started coming together. And now I'm, I'm living my, my purpose, my life. I love what I do.
1: Yeah. And it, and it, and it comes through. I've not only in our conversation today, but in the other, um, Podcasts of yours that I've listened to, it's obvious that you really care about the person that you're speaking with, and then the and then the audience that's listening to that conversation. So I'm um, I'm very imp- uh, impressed by what you do, and I, I think it's just great the way that you take the time to share your message.
0: Well, thank you, and I like to hear other people's message and other people's stories, and you know, I I applaud you for what you're doing and. How, how you are helping others change their life and, tr- and be their truest fan, be the best version of themselves, because then they could start living their best life now. That's my mission. That's what I'm about. And I'm glad and honored. And it's such a pleasure, Rob Brown, to have you as a guest, because we, we think so like-minded on so many levels and I, I just commend you. I really do. Thank you well, for or, being on the show today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I just, and I want to mention one more thing about the book. Is when you buy a copy of the book, you um, get access to an implementation guide, and alongside the implementation guide is a seven-day Truest Fan Challenge. So it's how you can put the the steps in the book to work. So um, I, I just. Want to make sure that um, people who get the book don't just, you know, pick up a copy, put it on the you know, on the bookshelf in the back, and leave it there. I want it to come to life because I think um, if we could fill this world with more truest fans, um, it would be a, a lot better place, and um, and we get through some of this craziness that we allow ourselves to fall, um, become distracted by.
0: Well, one more thing before um, I uh, sort of like wrap this up. And, uh, I definitely want to talk to you after, but if someone has more questions, and I mean, like, do have you as a coach? I believe I have it in the, in the description, but where can they go if they're listening?
1: Right. Well, they can just, just email me, Rob, R-O-B-B at truestfan.com. Um, I, if I get Anybody I get an email from, whether they want to talk to me about working together or they just want some some quick advice. I'm happy um, to, to share ideas and and answer questions um, because I, I want to help as many people as I possibly can. So just shoot me an email. Don't don't have to keep it um, uh, make it any fancier than that.
0: Well, and I want the audience, if they're watching and listening and they're purchasing a book, or they have a question for Rob let them know that you saw Rob on Wake Up with KC
1: Absolutely so he
0: knows how they found you Rob so i would love for my my the audience to you know to let that be known you know Okay a- absolutely okay. and one, one of the things i knew when to Wake Up with KC Rob and i want to know more about whatever <laughs> I, have well, a I, about this.
1: <laughs> I I promise you that anybody who reaches out to me um, through the show, I will let you know. Cause I always ask that. How'd you hear about, how'd you hear about the book? Why are you emailing me? Cause it's, it's good to know. Um, it's just part of getting to know somebody, right?
0: Absolutely. Thank you again, Rob, for joining us today. I, I, my intentions in my heart is someone listening today. It's making a difference and, and they're going to buy your book three, three. three bucks. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm definitely going to do purchase the three books and just pay it forward. That's, That's- what I, I believe in paying it forward. So thank you, Rob.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Well, there you go. I hope this was inspirational and you know what, why not be your truest fan? And please look up Rob Brown, go to the description, and get the book, especially if, if it's going to help you just change one little thing to help you become your truest fan. I encourage you, and buy three of them. Go to his website if you have any other questions. And thank you for joining us. And you never know who I'm going to have next on Wake Up With Casey. So keep tuning in.